No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Those are the words of Jesus. Written in red letters in some Bibles where the words of Jesus Christ were highlighted in red to point out what he is saying. And that particular quote can be found in Matthew 6, 24 and Luke 16, 13. This is technically week five of the Red Letter Challenge, and the topic is all about giving. So welcome, everybody. And fun fact, 2% of my listeners are from Germany. Dankeschön. I think I say that really bad, but German is hard, so I am appreciative of everybody who listens. Welcome to the Hippie Christian Who Cares. I am Chrissy Baki, and I really do care that you are here today. Don't worry if you're listening and you have not been reading the book, The Red Letter Challenge, by Zach Zender, or if you are not actually following, or if you're behind, or whatever. The Red Letter Challenge is actually a book by Zach Zender, a 40-day life-changing experience. And the idea is, what if we did what Jesus said? And Zach Zender, the pastor who wrote the book, sort of compartmentalized the words of Jesus Christ. So clearly a theologian and a very smart man. He took the words of Jesus Christ and categorized them into being, forgiving, serving, giving, and going. And um, fun fact, last week when I sort of summarized that, I forgot going. Wonder how many people noticed. Probably not that many because there's only a handful of you that listen and you love me so hard that it doesn't matter. So for those who are in Germany and California, Bob talking to you, thank you so much for listening to me. And I hope for those who are following this Red Letter Challenge, I hope that it's moving you the same way that it's moving me. And no doubt it is the words of Jesus Christ that move us. It is the Holy Spirit, which is Jesus himself. So we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And I know I repeat that a lot, but our God is complicated and almighty and amazing. And so it is one God with these three parts. And and God has done that for our sake, for the humans that he created in his image. Oh, I love that so much. And so Jesus is the human form of God who comes to show us how to do everything, how to be a perfect human. We're not going to be able to meet the bar that Jesus sets 
but we certainly continue to reach for it and to strive for it. And so I have really, really enjoyed this. Giving, I struggled with coming up how to talk about giving in the form of this podcast because, yeah, absolutely, we can go through all the scripture of Jesus, but if we don't apply it to our lives, then it's just memorizing the words of Jesus and saying, oh, that's really nice. That's really good. Um, Jesus says, where your treasure is, that is where your heart is. And so often pastors will tell you to look at like your checkbook or your credit card statement or your debit card statement, your bank statement, whatever, that records where you actually spend your money. And it will tell a lot about who you are. And so I think it's important that we talk a little bit about what Jesus said, but then I think it's important to get up close and personal. Apparently, Jesus talks more about money than he does most things. And honestly, it makes sense. Makes sense probably for the church that would be starting. Jesus knew that was going to happen. And for us, for modern day humans to have a guide and have direction from God himself as to what to do. Some things that um, stuck out to me as I went through the red letters is that Jesus is always talking about giving, giving your money, giving um, food, giving clothes, you know, helping people that way. So it is, it's your time and your talent and your treasure. And you'll That's super classic church talk, and I hate to be so corny about that, but there is something to be said for somebody's time, because you know the saying, time is money, and there's some truth to that. The other part in Luke 6, um, I feel like that's God, Jesus really telling us about sharing, um, giving to beggars. You know, and have you ever had somebody say, whatever you do, don't give to the homeless? I just disagree. When you can, do so. And probably more than not, when you feel like God is stirring you to do so, do it. I was in Chicago one year for the National Art Education Association Conference, and there was a McDonald's near our hotel, and so we would get some McDonald's and then get on the bus to go to the convention center. And there was a homeless woman outside and, you know, hollering at people and asking for money and things like that. And so I stopped and I said, Hey, I hardly ever carry cash when I travel. I said, but I'm going in to get breakfast this morning. Can I buy you breakfast? I I didn't say that. I said, can I buy you an egg McMuffin? And she said, can you buy me a sausage McMuffin? And I'm like, absolutely. So we go inside and one of my colleagues was like, oh my gosh, I can't even believe she asked for a sausage McMuffin. And I'm like, why? Wouldn't we do that if somebody 
asked what we wanted to have for breakfast, wouldn't we say, oh, no, thank you. I'd rather have a sausage McMuffin. Like, I, I just didn't think it was weird at all because I offered. And on top of that, what did she have to lose? Like, am I going to say, no, you're only getting an egg McMuffin because you're poor and homeless? Of course not. And so when I brought out the sausage McMuffin, I asked her her name, and if I remember correctly, she said Doris, and because I thought of Doris Day, and I said, well, thank you. I said, well, here you go, Doris. I said, enjoy your breakfast. I said, and I will be sure to pray for you. And she's like, well, I will be praying for you. And I'm like, Doris, that is the best thing ever. Thank you. And I don't tell you that story to say that I'm like super cool. I'm not like, let's be honest. It's a sausage McMuffin, a dollar. So wow. Good, good job, Chrissy. But I say it because I was blessed, you know, Doris was going to pray for me too. And I think that's the coolest thing. There's the story of the woman, um, where Jesus points out that everybody gave way more money than she did because she only gave like literally a penny, but hers was so valuable because she gave everything she had. And I think that's really, really important is when we give from our heart, when we give with the right intent. And in the Old Testament, I believe it's the Psalms, God says, I am more interested in your obedient heart, in your broken and contrite heart, than I am your sacrifices. I absolutely believe that. God wants us to have a heart for Jesus. God wants us to have a heart for other humans. He doesn't need our money. The money that we give, the first fruits, whether it is you know, other things that you are donating, they don't benefit God. They benefit others. They benefit the church. And God knows that that's necessary and needed in this world. And so he's not asking you to give to give to him because he's a greedy God. He's, he's trying to show us that we don't need it either. And when we share it, it's like, it's like giving fire away. If you want to keep your fire, give it away. I, I heard that on my run this morning. It was a Nike Run Club app, and it was, oh, um, a four-mile run with headspace is what it was called. And Coach Bennett um, is the Nike Plus or the Nike Run Club coach, and he narrates these runs. And I need that. And so I loved it when he said, if you want to keep your fire, give it away. And it made such sense because I was thinking this morning about giving. And I truly believe that when we give from our heart, it returns to us. I didn't do a really good job of quoting Christ, but Luke 6, Mark 12, Matthew 23, those are some places that you can find 
Jesus talking about giving. And he also sort of lays some rules down in terms of, you know, don't make a big deal out of it, which is partially why I struggle with this podcast because I'm going to share a little bit about my giving. And he says, don't make a spectacle out of it. And I'm not trying to. I'm going to tell my story, not because this is my stage and I want everyone to know that I'm a generous giver. I'm not. I'm not. If anything, I've learned that I'm not and I have so much more to give to God. But I do want to share a little bit about my story and tithing and what I've learned so far and the things I need to continue on. I am going to insert the commercial break right now because I'm just pleased at punch with Anchor. And so I like to put the commercial in to give them a little credit for this podcast. I haven't always been a cheerful giver and I haven't always been somebody who has tithed at church. I can't even remember when I started, but I do remember always thinking about it. And I do always remember when I didn't have a whole lot of money and was really stretched thin to the point that it caused me a lot of anxiety and stress and worry and uncomfortableness. I just never wanted to be in that situation where I said I couldn't afford something. I always, you know, I, I didn't covet. I didn't, I I don't want to sound like I was being greedy, but I just didn't want to worry about how I was going to, you know, pay my rent or pay the electricity bill or, you know, how I was going to do Christmas. That one was always really hard in it, in a season where you're going to want to give and you want to give extra. Whoa, it was so stressful. Uh, But I remember always thinking that it is still important to give to your church and to give to give an offering. And for me, that offering really was really felt like I was giving to God and was important to me to do so. And so I just always tried to do my best and I failed miserably so many, many times. And then I just started to try harder. And I remember when I would feel like I swear I was giving the last $10 that maybe I could, you know, go to lunch on or do something fun with my friends or, you know, buy something frivolous for my two children. And I felt like, no, it's the right thing to do. Something would turn around and something would happen. And I don't want anybody to think that if you give your money away to a charity or to a church, that God will automatically reimburse you. It doesn't work like that. And I still had many, many times where, you know, my money was tight. But I, but I started to lose that the anxiety. I started to lose the fear 
of not having enough. And I started to more fully understand what it meant when we pray, give us this day our daily bread. Because every day I was fed and my children were fed and I had a house and I had clothes and I had a job and I had a family and a support system and I had a Jesus who just granted me grace and mercy all the time. There was this one time that I don't remember that I had particularly given a lot to church or had done anything particularly charitable with my money. I just knew that I was poor and wished that I could provide things for my children. And my son was playing little league baseball and, you know, we were just the people that, you know, didn't have the brand name bats and gloves and bag and the whole nine yards, but he was doing well and enjoying it. And he asked if he could buy a, a new bat. Like, you know, he really wanted a new bat. He was doing good and he wanted a new bat. And I was like, oh my goodness, you can have a new bat if there's a check for my check to mom in the mail today. I'll buy you a new bat. I am not joking you. In the mail that day was a check from Woodman's. It was called the Employee Stock Ownership Program. I had no idea I was even involved in something like that. And here I'm getting a check and I don't remember. I want to say it was for like a hundred bucks or something like that. And I was like, oh my goodness. Thank you, Jesus. I can buy my kid a bat today. And it was super exciting. That was not in connection with what I gave. It was probably way more in connection with a God who just looks down and gives such mercy to a single mom with a, with two kids that just wanted so much to please her son that day. And it is through things like that that my faith grew and that I began to trust God a little bit more. And so I'm embarrassed to say that some of my giving came because God showed me he was trustworthy. Oh my gosh, how crazy is that? Of course God is trustworthy. But somehow the more I got involved in my church, the more I prayed, the more I put my faith in God and not what I did or what others did for me, I began to grow in faith. And that's when I started to begin to pledge and I started to begin to step it up every year, especially when I would get raises or when I would get a new job and it would have more money involved, I would think, wow, now is my time. And so after many, many years, I decided I was going to try this tithing, that I was going to give it a shot. And I did it because I knew my mom and dad did it. And I don't even know for sure if they did, but my mom talked about it. And my mom also would comfort me in terms of 
if I said, I just don't know how I'm going to tie, they would be so nervous about it. And she would say, well, give your time, give your talent, give back to God in ways that you can and in ways that you will do so not with a worried heart, but with a happy heart. You know, she would say, God loves a, loves a cheerful giver. That might be biblical. I'm not 100% sure, so I don't want to say that, but I will check it out. Anyhow, and that did make me feel good for a long time because if there was an event at church and I couldn't participate by donating to the fundraiser, I would make sure to work it. Um, I would make sure to encourage people to donate because if they had the money and they were able to do it, yay. And if I could encourage that, yay, then at least I was helping. But to be able to get to a point to, to work it and to donate, like to me, that was a giant blessing. Like somehow every time... I give my money, I'm blessed in ways that I can't even explain. So at one moment in time, I took a leap of faith and I began to tithe. And I haven't looked back. In fact, in 2020, when the pandemic hit, we were required to take a cut and pay by 25%. And I kind of thought, oh my gosh, that's a lot. But I looked at my finances and said, I'm not going to change my tithe. I'm going to tithe on what my original pay is because I trust that I will get back to that. And after a few months, we were reinstated to 15%. And I still thought, I think we will get back to our full pay and I am going to continue to trust God. And he had already shown me that I could live with 25% less. I'm sure it helped that we couldn't go anywhere or do anything. But on the other hand, too, 25% less is considerable. And so I just continued to tithe on the whole amount. And I was so pleased to do so because I knew that without people meeting in church, that it could easily hurt my church. And I didn't want to do that. And I didn't want to do anything that would cause us to not be able to share the word of Jesus Christ to others. And the online services were awesome because then I could worship with people and friends that would never be able to come to my church. You know, somebody from Madison or somebody from, and Madison, Wisconsin, just so you know, or somebody from New Jersey. I loved that. Or somebody from Louisiana could join. And it was just, I loved those times where a friend would click onto the Facebook live page and, you know, say, Hey, I'm worshiping from Tennessee or like I said, New Jersey. Those are a couple that I remember. And so I'm 
so excited that I was able to still do that. And now here's the, you know, whenever you say, but it sort of negates everything else that you've said, but this one does have a but to it, um, which is just funny because now I'm saying but on my podcast and that's just funny because my mom every once in a while would jokingly say, don't say but in church. <laughs> and she would say it right in church, which is so funny. Anyways, the thing is that as we have started to talk about the giving part and the giving challenge, I realize I have a lot more to give than just money. That tithing might not even be enough. And that when I think about how much I have, the abundance that I have, that it is absolutely necessary and important for us to think with an abundance mentality, with the mentality that I'm going to give, even if it means that I don't have nearly as much, or if it feels like I might be without, because if I share, my cup will overflow. And there's just so much truth to that. And it is so important for me to start looking for ways to start giving back and giving more and giving in ways that are going to be meaningful and intentional and helpful. So let me give you another red letter quote from Jesus Christ. Give and it will be given to you a good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured on t- into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. This was in a section where he was also talking about judging others. So don't judge people, but also when you give, you are, like, it's going to come back to you. So in the same measure that you give something, that sort of, um, and I don't want to say karma because karma and religion are just weird, but, but you know what I'm saying? It comes back to you with that same measure. Give with a cheerful heart. Give because you want to give. Give because you love God and because God gives us everything we need for today. Thank you so much for joining me. Please share with your friends. If you have any questions, you can email me at hippiechristianwhocares at gmail.com. And I would love to know uh, where you're listening from and love to know a little bit more about you. And we still have the going challenge coming up in the next Red Letter Challenge series. Keep coming back. Thank you. Thank you.